Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them across the UK. This story was told by Callum at a night at the Hackney Attic, where the theme was adulthood. All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, I turned 21 at the end of the month, so my ideas about adulthood are a little uh, ambiguous, but I like to think I've been through some stuff in my life that gives me enough of an informed decision. Um, so something happened to me recently, but I have to take you back a little further to give some context. So I'm now a senior in college, uh, so it's my fourth year, my final year before graduation. I go to school in New York City. Um, exciting. Um, (laughs) so my freshman year, um, starry-eyed, I show up to campus. I'm a theater nerd. I do lots of theater stuff. I was in a Shakespeare show, and this one girl, I was just like... Wow, I don't know, what are we, best friends? She was loud, she was funny, she had this like masculine energy about her. And I just thought, you know, I'm straight, but wow, would I date her? (laughs) Wow, would I have sex with her? And of course I'm thinking like, no, we're just best friends, this is the connection, you know, this is great. Uh, So the end of my freshman year comes around and we're at a party and she walks up to me and she's like, I know you like me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, uh, and she's like, do you want to, do you want to go upstairs? Do you want to talk? And I was like, no. And I ran away (laughs) and I'm outside and I'm like, oh my God, that was my chance with this girl. And then I'm, of course I'm like, well, no, I don't like her. I'm straight. I'm very straight. I don't like her. So I spend the summer away from her and I come back my sophomore year, my second year, and I enroll in a class all about gay books (laughs) And I I write a 17-page paper about a lesbian pulp fiction novel called The Price of Salt. The film adaptation is called Carol with uh, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett. It's really great. And, of course, you know, I'm getting lunch with this girl every day. And I'm talking to her and getting close to her. And we obviously really like each other. And I get a boyfriend. And I'm like, you know what? I, I probably don't like her. It's it's fine. It, you know, it's over. No big deal. And she has a girlfriend. And fast forward to this fall, and I I do a lot of thinking, and I do a lot of reading, and I go, oh, my God, I think I'm bisexual. And uh, <laughs> I tell my boyfriend, I call him up, 
And he goes, how do you know? And I'm like, well, how do you know you like women? He's like, I just know, but how do you know? And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) I tell my mom, and she goes, so were you cheating on your boyfriend with a woman? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, I'm monogamous, Mom. That's not how that works. And she's like, "I I just don't get it. And I'm like, fuck, okay. So I'm dealing with this huge personal realization. I call this girl. We have sex. It's a really big moment for me. I'm terrified. And if you're bisexual or you know anyone who's bisexual, you often find yourself straddling the line where straight people say, you're not really one of us. And gay people say, you're not really one of us. So I'm in London this semester, and one of my friends, she's gay, we, we decide a couple nights ago, why don't we hit up this lesbian bar? Let's, let's see what it's about. So we show up, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh my God, do I look straight? Do I look gay? Do I look bi? What do I do? What do I do with my hands? Where do I look? I've never been in a room with all women. How do I approach them? So we go into this basement. And I walk downstairs, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's the sports lesbians. Oh, my God, they look so hot. They've got their snapbacks and their flannels. Jesus. And we're trying to dance, and we're like, oh, my God. And this is our first experience in a gay bar in general. And this girl walks over, and she goes, you guys look like you need to dance. And we're like, yeah. So we're dancing with her, and she's like, why are you here? And we're like, excuse me? She's like, why are you here? And I, I go, well, why would we be at the straight bar? And she's like, oh, you're gay? And we both look at each other and we're like, uh, uh, and my friend goes, well, yeah, I'm gay. And I go, well, I'm bi. And that sucks. Why am I apologetic about that? But I go, oh, I'm bi. And she goes, get out of here. What? And she turns to my friend and she's like, you and me, you know. And my friend's like, no, no. If you don't have solidarity, what do you have? So we walk away, and we're trying to have a good night. We're trying to keep dancing, and it just feels really shitty. And I just kind of feel like, this sucks. My boyfriend didn't get it. My mom didn't get it. My dad kind of got it, but I don't think he really knew what was going on. (laughs) This girl I like doesn't get it. No one gets it. So we walk out. And I'm like, man, adulthood sucks. You think that you're going to find someone and you're going to fall in love and you're going to be in love forever. And you think you know yourself. And I was ignoring all the signs. I was telling myself, I don't like this girl. I'm not attracted to that girl. I don't want to have sex with that girl. I like men. And yeah, I like men, but I also like women too. And what do you do with that? And as soon as that girl told me I didn't belong in that space, it was like, you know what? No, I do. I'm an adult. I'm going to take charge of my identity, and I'm going to tell you where I belong. And it's okay. I I might not be gay, but that doesn't give you a reason to mistrust me. And that sucks, but it kind of makes me realize that although I'm 20 and I probably look nervous as hell in that bar and I didn't know what to do with myself and I still don't know what to do with myself, the more I listen to things... And the more I stop and pay attention, the more 
I uncover things about myself that were there the whole time that I just didn't want to see. So hopefully I, I move more in that direction, and so do all of you. Thanks. That was Callan. Next up, Ross, with another story about adulthood. There was a lot of alcohol in my family, and when I was younger, like 14, 15 years old, I always used to look at my mum and dad, always used to have a wine every single evening. So I was fascinated about it. I was like, what is it? What is this thing that makes you an adult? Because I wasn't allowed any. Anytime I asked for any alcohol, they're like, when you're an adult, son. All right, ages. But why did they choose to do this, like drink this thing that would make my mum be so warm and lovely and then occasionally turn into a bit of a fucking psycho? Like... (laughs) And my dad, who done as soon as he drinks it, like his nose just goes bright red, and he starts staggering about a bit, and he turns a bit buffoon-like. But like they did it every day, and so I'm like, I want to get in on this. It must be something. What is it to be an adult and to be drunk? So Euro '96, 1996, I was in Butlins as the first time I got to get drunk. 14 years old. We are out on holiday. Classy holiday, Butlins, obviously. And, um, yeah, I made some friends. It's right, I made some friends. They were a little bit older. There was this one girl who was, like, 17, who was very shapely. And she took a shine to me. I was really, really, I was, like, enamoured. Oh, she obviously wants to marry me because I haven't had any female attention other than my mother and my sister. So, like, I'm like, well, this is it. I'm in there. Like, we're we're on. And um, it it was a good time. 96, remember them days? Like, we had a football team that we actually thought could win something. It's brilliant, man. Um, yeah, and so we hung out, we watched some football. That's pretty cool. And um, then they st- the conversation rolled on, and they're like, would you like to go to the beach and get drunk? Because there was this girl, and there was some other older guys who were obviously really chuffed to have a skinny 14-year-old taking the attention of this gorgeous girl. But they were good sports. They were like, come on, lad, we'll come and get, we'll get you drunk. So I'm like, yes, let's do it. Obviously, I told them, oh, yeah, I've drunk before. I know what I'm doing. I'm an adult. Um, and so we went down to the, we went down to the uh, beach, and it was vodka and orange. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll drink some of this, this sweet nectar of the adults. I'm drinking this vodka and orange like it's orange juice. And, um, yeah, we drank a lot of vodka in quite a short space of time. And, um, yeah, it was amazing, you know. Like, it made me so funny, so confident, really charming. Um, I ended up kissing the girl of my dreams. We danced the night away. I went back to my tent, which I was sharing with my sister. But because my sister could feel (laughs) how much of an adult I was, she didn't share the tent with me because she was like, no, I can't go in there. That's an adult's tent. And I, and I got that. <laughs> now, in reality, what actually happened? Because as we all know, ad- alcohol's got cruel tricks to play on us. We don't always remember how it is. What really happened was, um, yeah, I tried to kiss the gorgeous girl. She got freaked out because, you know, I'm 14. She's 17. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't that funny or charming. I was very confident, though. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the older kids, they kind of ditched me. And then I went to go dancing. 
but I couldn't get in to the to the things. You had to have a specific pass. And instead of going to my tent, which was 200 yards away, to get this pass, I was telling these big bouncers that I was going to cut them. <laughs> <laughs> and don't they know who I fucking am? Classic line. Always gets you into the uh, places you want to go. And um, yeah, and then. My mum found me throwing up uh, not far from the entrance to this dancing place, grabbed me by the ear hole and dragged me back to the tent, scurfed me into this tent so there's just me on my own. My sister's obviously out. This, this is quite early on. Like, I, it did not take me long to get into this state. <laughs> and um, yeah, the reason that my sister didn't come into the tent is because um, I've managed to lose uh, all control of my bodily functions and I have shit my pants. <laughs> fully shit my pants so when she came into the tent she was assaulted in her nostrils by the realization that um yeah i didn't just shit my pants i actually soiled the shorts the uh, bright white adidas shorts that she lent me for that day and then um yeah so i woke up and i'm going into the shower to obviously wash away the shame and try and scrub these shorts into some sort of i don't know and um, like, this is just this indelible brown mark. It's terrible. And then like, I sheepishly take them to my sister, and she comes out with the immortal line, nah, bruv, you shit in them, you own them. <laughs> Thank you. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to Spark. Next up, Mackenzie with our last story about adulthood. When I was 20 years old, a volcano taught me a lot about being an adult, which uh, sounds a little weird, a little more intense than the story actually is. Uh, but I was on exchange in Oxford, and my two Australian friends and I decided that we were going to backpack Europe. And this was, if you're a Canadian or an American, this is like your big life goal. You're like, I'm going to backpack Europe. That's my dream. And uh, I was really excited. It was my first time traveling without my parents. I was going to stay in hostels, and I was going to have backpacks, and I was going to sleep in bunk beds, and that was how I was going to become an adult. So it's my last night. I'm in Copenhagen. Uh, we're going to fly back to England in the morning, 
and the Icelandic volcano Ayafjallajökull, Yokel, uh, which, yeah, I looked up how to say. I, w- I won't admit it. But um, erupts, and it cancels all the flights across Europe. I don't know if anyone remembers this. It was 2010. And literally anywhere in Europe, they were like, no flights for you. So we're like, oh, that's fine. We'll stay some more days in Copenhagen. This is a great place. We found a, like, a beer place where you can like, drink all you want for five euros. This is fine. But there was a festival coming in, and we went to like the hostel people, and we're like, can we stay some more nights? And they were like, ah, no, 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 no. Get out. <laughs> so we, um, it's nighttime. We decide, okay, we're not even going to stay the night because people all over Europe are going to start descending on the trains, trying to move around Europe, find a way back to wherever they want to go. So we hit the 7-Eleven by Copenhagen Station. We buy a bunch of this, like, one-euro boxed wine because we're 20, and we're like, maybe we need some wine from a convenience store and, like, a bag of cookies. And our big plan is we're just going to ride the trains, um, pay for it all on our Visa cards and, like, worry about it later, and we're just going to, like, find a ferry port, and that's going to take us like on a boat back to England that's our whole plan and at the time I'm traveling with two girls both Australian um one's named Kat and she's this kind of cute ginger one's named Catherine and she is like that really classic Australian she's got like a deep tan she's got like lovely blonde hair she's got bright blue eyes and then there's me and at the time I'd just seen 500 days of summer and I was like I will be Zooey Deschanel (laughs) So I like died. I, I cut my hair in the bathroom when I was on exchange, like kind of half drunk and like overconfident. Um, I was like, no, I got this. I got this. I'll, I've got some scissors. They're not even kid scissors. I'll be fine. So I cut my hair into a blunt bang and I dyed it black. And I was like, I look just like her. I didn't. I looked like a Victorian child, like one that died on the Titanic. But uh, um, so we're riding the rails for about 12 hours, changing at all these different train stations, trying to find a way back to England, which is really hard to do, going like across different countries. And it's fun at first, but then we're all unshowered and disgusting, and we're getting kind of angry. So we made a crucial error. We broke open the wine, and we're like, we'll just drink these. They're like adult juice boxes. Um, and we just pounded those. Like We all had like two each, and like we were just like... With, like, a cookie, and we're like, we're gonna be fine. Um, so, at some point, we miss a train, and we end up, like, stuck, like, end of the line, it's night, no more trains, in a place called Vlissingen in the Netherlands. Are you, you haven't heard of it? It's not a. Yeah, there's a reason. Um, and we're, there's no one there. It's like one of those train stations you sometimes see in Hertfordshire where there's, like, not even a cafe. Um, people are like, you're here, get out. <laughs> Uh, so we're uh, so we're there, and a station employee, like the last one there, takes pity on us, and he's like, "There's nowhere to stay. This is blissing yet, but you can sleep in the like station employee common room." And we're like, "Oh, that that could be okay. Like we've been living in Oxford. A common room has like a fireplace and couches, and like someone serving you port. I mean." <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, We go in there. It's like a cement floor. There's like, we don't even have blankets. We just have our beach towels. (laughs) And uh, it's March and still snowing a bit in the Netherlands, which would be fine. But there's like a broken window. So we're just curled up on the floor in a towel as snowflakes drift on us. Like it was Les Miserables 2010. (laughs) Uh, So we're like, well, 
oh, well, this is clearly our rock bottom, until we tried to go to the bathroom and discovered there was a homeless man sleeping in the bathroom. And, like, we kind of opened the door a little. The light kind of came in, and he just began to howl. Like, And we're like, all right, we're going to have to piss outside like animals. That's uh, That's what's going down. So we're outside, and this is kind of like, oh, this is rock bottom. Oops. Um, and I'm, I'm squatting. My, there's my bare ass out. It's cold. I'm trying not to pee on my shoes. And my friend Kat gets all positive, and she's like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. This is just like, you know, this is part of life, right? And I'm so angry and, like, kind of already a bit hungover from this cheap wine. I'm like, no, Kat. Life is just an arbitrary series of events. And all we can do is just react to the shit storms as they happen. Um, and I'm there and I'm so angry because I'm like, any other trip I'd been on, I'd been a kid. And my probably crazy things had happened on those trips too. But I was like, that's my parents' responsibility. I just like put on my headphones in the backseat, watch them like talk furiously in the first thing. I'm like, they'll sort it out. Whatever. But there I am. And like, I've done nothing. Like, I'm just stuck, and all these horrible things are happening, and I don't know what to do. But I go to bed, but Catherine decides to fix things. She starts texting a guy, and in the morning, she wakes us up with this great news, which is this guy she hooked up with in Oxford is like, been driving through the night to the Netherlands to come pick us up? Yeah, no, I know, right? It was amazing. She was like, he'll be here soon. He's bringing croissants. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh. And so we're sitting in the car, and we're just, this is when I really think about adulthood. We're just reeking of, like, sweat and grease, and we smell like cheap wine, and our shoes smell like piss. And um, I realized that actually being an adult is all about, you actually have to find a solution. You can't just put your headphones on. You can't just drink your cheap-ass wine. You've got to be up texting that guy you slept with once <laughs> to, like, get you there. And I realized something else as well. My other big life lesson at the time, which was uh, no one was coming for my ass, my, like, Zooey Deschanel ass. No one came for Kat. The only one who'd managed to, like, lure a boy across three countries, like an Australian siren, was Catherine. So I realized then that if you have to be an adult, it's a lot easier to be a blonde. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a review on iTunes. For more true stories and to see a live event, head to stories.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.